Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars for a year and a half, talking to horse people about a wide variety of topics. On Fridays, I talk about Surefoot, and today, Rhonda Nicoly is joining me, and we're just going to have like a fireside chat, even though there's no fire and we're not in the same room. Um, <laughs> but just have a general discussion about Surefoot, and uh, Rhonda can ask whatever questions she wants. So welcome, Rhonda. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Wendy. What a special day this is for me. Yeah. So you have been uh, following the webinars for a, a long time now. Do you remember? I don't, I'm not sure you were there quite at the beginning, but I think you've been there for at least a year now. Oh, yeah. I was there at the beginning. It was, okay. I was excited about it because I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't come see you. But uh, this has been such a learning process that I've really enjoyed it. It's it's so awesome. And so Rhonda, just kind of in general, let's talk about the webinars for a minute because you know we've been doing them for quite a while now. And and you and a few other people have been my my loyal audience to keep me going. Um, is there if you could talk about what you have learned from these webinars or how you've benefited from these webinars so that other people who haven't started to watch them yet might understand what they can get from them. Great. Well, um, I had no idea what fascia was uh, in the horse or in the human. None. No idea. I didn't know what the function was, what it looked like, um, how it connects everything in, in the body to one another. It, the body's one thing, and that kind of connects it all. Um, that was a huge opening, uh, opening for me. Um, and That's so cool because, you know, I, I've known about fascia, but I agree with you to understand it at a deeper level has been really fascinating. And um, as Martina Neerdhart, the vet in Switzerland, has pointed out, that's one of the things that Surefoot is really affecting is the fascia that's in the foot. Yes. Yes. And the other thing is the hoof. I had just no clue how important that hoof is um, for the entire body, the entire body. And um, I have changed over to barefoot pretty closely. I did do um, shoes this year, but I'm, I'm pulling them all off and we're going barefoot for sure. I don't know when I can afford to get a, you know, boots for all the horses, but we'll do the we'll deal as it comes along. But yeah. uh, um, the boot, I'm still working out the boots as well because I need to get some boots for my horse, and I've I've kind of avoided the issue because I am not riding right now because it's so hot here, and my horse doesn't do well in the in the hot humid weather. But yes, I, I agree with you that figuring out the boots is. We've had two webinars on it, but I'm not sure I'm. I can go out and find the pair of boots that's going to fit my horse just yet. I think I need to do more research on that. Yes, yes. Um, I, uh, I recently had my dream horse given to me um, two years ago, well, 18 months ago or so. And he's a beautiful Rush Creek Arabian horse. And um, he, he hadn't been messed with too much because he had a surgery on his right uh, rear leg to release some tendons. I'm, I'm not sure what that was all about, but it kind of released ligaments and tendons. 
And he offloaded so much onto the left hind that he developed degenerative suspensory ligament disease. Oh, wow. That's what the vets call it. And my vets, I love them dearly. He saved little horse, you know, with their twisted gut. They're great at what they do. And I appreciate what they do. But he was very honest with me. He told me he couldn't do anything except make my horse comfortable with painkillers and put egg barred shoes on the hindquarters, on his hind feet to alleviate the um, heel problem. Just give him more support in his heel. But I had a body worker out here that I respect very much. And she looked at those and said, that hoof can't move. And so I pulled those egg bars off. Uh, I'm doing body work. I'm trying to get a hold of Tracy Broom to come up and do some cranial sacrum work. But I tell you, I mean, around Boulder, you'd think that everybody would be doing cranial sacrum work on their horses, but I've had a heck of a time trying to find somebody to come out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Work you think of the Boulder area as being very uh, aware, right? Yes, yes, yes. But um, I'm still working on it. I'll get somebody. I've got a retired woman, Dr. Susan Crawford, that said, if I can't find anybody, she'll come out. Oh, great. And that's the kind of person I want, you know, um, but I'm, I'm not willing to put this horse down because it's just a ligament problem. And I've been, it's, it, there's been chronic inflammation that caused uh, scar tissue. So I've been sweating that ligament down. It's been reducing um, the, the size and I'm trying to get rid of and break up that scar tissue. But um, his stifle was out and that led me to think, well, I've got to get him adjusted because why would the ligament uh, repair itself if the stifle's out and that would lead up to the hips being out. So, um, so my, my journey now is just to find a cranial sacrum person that'll come in. Yeah. And, you know, I love the way you're looking at this. You're realizing that that injury is just the expression of an overall pattern that happened with this horse. And that if you don't address the overall pattern, the whole horse, that you're just only looking at one little piece and that's not necessarily going to resolve unless you deal with the whole horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm... Uh... I'm so into that because I know he can heal himself. Um, what, but we have to get help him a little bit with scar tissue and things like that. But anyway, um, that's my big, my big deal. And I'm also doing um, a uh, supplement called, the company's called Dynamite and I'm using Excel and that gets their pH balance back to normal, as I understand it, which is helping little horse. Oh, great. Insulin resistance. And um, I've learned so much on your webinars on insulin resistance. And uh, 
so I'm trying the same approach with her and she's losing weight and very energetic. She's really fun to ride. I trust her. I'm still in love with her. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I have, I might even be able to find some pictures a little worse here. So for those of you just tuning in, uh, Rhonda is one of my long-term webinar watchers. Uh, We've just (laughs) realized that she's been there from the beginning. And so um, I just asked her if she would like to talk to us today a little bit about what she's learned from the webinars. So if those of you tuning in also would like to share what, you know, what you've learned from the webinars or how that's helped you with your horses, just uh, pop it in the chat. And uh, and uh, this is kind of a, an easy Friday. It's a kind of a free form Friday. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Rhonda, do you remember the date of the last clinic when you were there with Little Horse? Uh, it must have been uh, 2018. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out if it's 18 or 19. Well, 19 would have been, yeah, 19 might have been. And it would have been in June. Yes. Oh, I found pictures from that workshop. Uh, This is not Little Horse, but uh, is there a video today? Oh, uh, your screen is blank. It's just, uh, it shouldn't be blank. Uh, there should be video. Rhonda doesn't have her video up, but I have mine up. Maybe if, uh, so you should be able to see me. Uh, I see you. Okay. Um, so let me just share here. This is from that the workshop in 2019. You'll recognize this, Rhonda. Um, oh, yes. That's Amy Lissette. So we yes. did um, a Surefoot workshop. Uh, out at Luann uh, Goodyear's in Colorado. And um, we had Amy Lissatz. I've just spoken with her recently. And, you know, she's working in conjunction with a veterinarian out there um, in her area. And it has been working so well. Amy is a three hoof surefoot practitioner. And she's, um, the vet goes in and and does the diagnostics. And then if she feels that surefoot's appropriate, she has Amy come in and work with the clients and help them using the pads. And it's been such an incredible partnership um, between the owners and the horses and Amy and the vet because everybody's working in the same direction. And so I wanna give a shout out to Amy cause she's doing fantastic work out there. Um, this is actually um, Martina uh, Matt Matheson's uh, Mustang. And yes. you remember him from the year before Rhonda? I don't know if you- oh, yeah. I've, I've seen him at Buck's clinics and yeah, and yours and yes. So he was a Mustang that was, I think, six when he came off the range and a stallion and he had a super thick underneck. He was a very alert kind of guy. Um, he was not an easy horse to approach, even though she could ride him, it was coming up to him. So this is his second year at the Surefoot workshop. And as you can see, he's standing on four pods, whereas the year before, we could only use the full physio pad and we could only ask him to step onto it. It well, And the medium, I think was the other one, but it wasn't like you could just walk up and put his foot on a pad. We had to be super cautious and really take our time. But he's one of our major success stories because like, like in this picture, I've forgotten this picture. Here he is standing here on four pods and really uh, enjoying himself. There's just another, there's another angle. And this neck is so much softer. You remember how hard that neck was, Rhonda? It was really hard. Yeah, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you guys worked on that quite a bit. Yep. Um, I don't remember who this is, um, but just another example of uh, the horses we had at that workshop. And this horse, oh, it's stacked on pair, two pairs of soft. So we gave her lots of comfort. I don't, I don't remember that horse, but uh -uh. we've got the um, beeline on that horse. Were you there for that horse, Rhonda? Yeah. Tell I, me about this one. I've forgotten. I, forget. I can't remember this one. I remember Pam's uh, Palomino with, with you guys doing that with him, but I don't oh. remember this one. Okay. So, so what we've got here, this rope arrangement, it's goes to the under ring on the halter and there are, is a person on either side. And the thing about this, that's so interesting, it's called the beeline. It's a T-touch technique. Um, the thing that's so interesting about it is that the horses can slide side to side on that line. We have no uh, ability to pull them, which is the absolute key to the beeline because there's nothing fixed. So you can't pull on the horse. And the horse has to find his own balance between the two people. Now we do have one so that if the horse gets too close to us, we can ask the horse to keep some space and stay away from us, um, which is a safety thing, of course. But the horse starts to, it's really interesting. They'll go to one side and then they'll go to the other. They might, if they're habituated to being led on the left, they might go over to the person that's on their left. Then they might discover the person on their right and kind of drift over there. But ultimately what happens is they find their own balance because there's no way that we can influence where they are on that line side to side. So they start to discover the middle between the two people. And when that happens, their balance changes, which is really cool. And I'd forgotten all about this. And we combined it with the surefoot pad. So we would walk the horse forward and then walk towards some pads. And then if the horse stopped, we'd stop, we'd put him on some pads and then we'd lead forward again. And so this combination of the beeline with Surefoot, and I think I need to get Robin Hood back on a webinar to talk more about the beeline because it's such a great tool. It does require two people. That's the one thing that's um, kind of a necessary, uh, but it is such a fantastic tool to help the horses find their own balance. And I'll see if I have, um, the horses stepped off the pads. You can see here's the, the there's a person over in the far corner there. Um, and this, this is, I think this is Luann. So this is a different horse, yes. but um, I'll see if I can't get Robin Hood to come on a webinar and talk about beeline. I just, it's one of the most interesting things to combine with Surefoot that I'd kind of forgotten about. So I'm really glad I looked up these pictures. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, Leanne's horse, um, and clearly she's watching somebody, um, but she's on firm pads behind and a pink slant in front. She obviously was on a second pink slant, but she stepped her foot off. Yep. And you can see right there at the very end of the video, you can see quite a significant sway. So I, I find it really interesting to watch what happens when the horse moves his head because we, we tend to not think about it in terms of lever and weight. So a thousand pound horse, their, their head alone weighs 40 pounds and their head and neck weighs a hundred pounds. So I'm just gonna slowly drag this and you can watch as she, there's her ear coming and now her head's starting to turn, right? And actually, if we look at her sternal line right there and obviously this breastplate might not be quite centered but it can give us a clue how we see that it's angled 
And then as she brings her head around, watch what happens to her weight shift. And so here we can see now she's shifting her weight over her right front foot, right? And then her hind end right here starts to swing a little left and then she loads down on this left front. And so, you know, when you think about taking a hold of your horse's head, whether that's in a halter, a rope halter, a flat halter, a bridle, a bozel, a bitless bridle, it doesn't really matter, right? When we take a hold of their head and influence where they can have their head, we are, we are setting up a situation where they have to, if they're not well balanced, react or respond in other parts of their body to deal with that hundred pounds of weight, the neck and head with the head at the end swinging over. And you can see that shift in the shoulders right there. If you watch right here, as her head really comes to the right, her hindquarters swings and she loads down into the shoulder. And so I think it's really important, oh, you might have beeline here, um, to recognize how strongly we influence a horse when we take a hold of their head. Um, you know, one time I had Sean Patrick and I was giving him a Feldenkrais lesson and I put my hands on his head. I had him in a, in a hands and knees position and I put my hands on his head to give him a feeling of through his spine, which I do with horses all the time. And when we got done with the lesson, his comment, which I found so fascinating, was that he suddenly understood what it was like for a horse to have someone take a hold of their head. And it, I've never forgotten that comment because it is so true that, you know, if we had somebody walk up and take a hold of our head, I think most of us would have a panic, you know, and do something and react and try to get away. And yet we tend to think of this as okay for horses and that we can take their head around or tie their head up or whatever. And it's not that we're not gonna do that because there's a whole safety component involved. But I think it's really important that we consider what's happening when we do that and how easily, given what we've seen in the structures in the head and neck, how easy it would be to damage that connection of head and neck, especially right up, you know, C1, C2, um, it, that could set a foal up for a lifetime of pain. Uh, and um, Rhonda, I don't know if you've ever had a horse that's been injured pulling back, have you? No, not, not with me now, no. Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, there's, it can be something that you don't even realize uh, has happened. Like you might come back and find that the ground's a little scuffed up and your horse had pulled back, but you didn't know it. Um, I'm not saying that for you, Rhonda, necessarily, but in general. And then, you know, if, if you've ever had a neck injury as a person, you'll realize how important it is to get that looked at or to get that treated. So here's this, this same horse that we looked at standing on the stack soft pads, just on a single soft pad. And you can see we've got the ears, eyes blinking, the shoulder twitch there. I'll just play it again, but you can see that we're on the beeline. So I'm not sure who this is, oops, uh, on this side, but the line's not touching the ground. So we're holding the weight of the line and the horse is able to move from one side to the other. And I don't know if I have any video of this horse actually moving forward on the beeline, but we'll see. Um, I'd love to learn more about that beeline. I remember it but I didn't really get a good grasp of it. So that would be a good webinar. 
Yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'm going to make myself a note here while this video is playing to contact Robin um, because it is such a great tool. Um, and again, I totally forgot about it because, you know, um, lot, a lot's been going on. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, but well, I just saw that she moved her head. So I'll just play this again. And you can see that she's kind of shifted over to one side. So their sternum's a little bit angled and she's leaning down on this foot. This one's a little out to the side, right? But that when she wants to move her head, she's totally able to do that because the line's gonna slide. There's a little nod and she can just easily move her head and the line slides. Oh, different horse. Okay, let's see, we've got a nice, that's not your horse, is it Rhonda? No, no, no. Four white socks. No. I think this is the same clinic. And I don't know where we've gone. Now we've gone somewhere else. No. I'm going to stop share for a minute. Um, oh, great. It's, you got your video working, Carol. So Carol, if you have any questions or want to join in the conversation or anybody that's tuned in, that would be awesome. This is kind of like a really easy Friday. It's the last Friday of July. It's been a really hot July here. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're, we're, in the middle of summer, kind of taking it easy. Um, let me see, but I'm gonna go back Rhonda to 2018 and see if I can find uh, pictures from your clinic in 2018. So, it just feels like eons ago, doesn't it? It does, but um, I remember in that clinic, riding on those little balls that you gave me. Oh, and the Franklin I, balls, yeah. Yeah, and I still have them. And when I really put my shoulder blades down into those balls, the horse listens to me better. Wow. Um, it's, it's amazing that how comfortable riding gets when my Shoulders are down, just like my Pilates instructor tells me all the time. Keep your shoulders down, and but sink those shoulder blades into your seat. And you're sitting in the right position. And those balls help so much. Keep me there. Really cool. You know, I think of them as surefoot for your butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how I think of them. All right, I think I found this clinic. Uh, I know... Let's see, you might remember this exercise here. Let me do my screen share. Uh, so I, again, I did a surefoot clinic and a riding clinic. And so this was part of the riding clinic um, where we had everybody. Oh yes. Us. Remember that? Yes. Um, so this is a exercise that's in my simplify your riding. You close your eyes, put one arm up to 45 degrees and one arm down, and you stay there for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And then keeping your eyes closed, you bring your hands level. And what it shows us is the proprioceptive map. Um, and rarely are people level. So this is the having the arms one up, one down. I don't think I have, no, I don't have a picture of when they brought their arms level, but our map gets altered. And, that, and this is kind of what happens with the horses when they have an injury or something happens to them or just life, you know, they fall down in the field or their friend kicks them. It starts to alter our proprioceptive map, the map that tells us where we are in space. And what Surefoot is so good at is resetting that map back to like original programming is the way I think of it. So with many of these riders, they found that they had one hand higher than the other when they opened their eyes, but they felt level. 
And the second part of that exercise is I'll come around and I'll bring their hands level while their eyes are closed, even though they thought, so they thought they brought them level, but they're like this. And then I bring their hands level and they can feel that effect all the way through their entire body. And many people think I'm wrong that I have misadjusted their hands, but then I tell them to open their eyes and their hands are level. So that map in our body of where we are in space is, is, so important. It's the map that helps us navigate stairs in the dark and be able to carry bags of grain into the, you know, tack room and, and do all kinds of things because we know where we are in space. That map can get altered and we can function from an altered map. The question is when we are, have an altered map that is now on a horse that we're asking to go in balance and our map isn't. And so the whole idea with riding is that we need to know where the middle is in gravity, not the middle of our altered map, so that we can sit in line with gravity and therefore minimize our negative effect on the horse and maximize our positive effect so that we can use a minimum of AIDS. Um, and that's always a fun exercise, isn't it, Rhonda? That, that was eye-opening to me, uh, literally. It was like, what? I thought I was level and yeah. I was way off. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it does get better as you practice that, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that there, there isn't anyone perfect. And, and it's really important to, that's just a one second video, to not worry about perfect, but it's to be aware of, of checking in about where we are. And I use that exercise as an icebreaker because so many people think they're okay. They think they're in the middle. And what that exercise proves in a couple of minutes is that there's something that they need to learn. And that's absolutely. Really, yeah. Um, and so this is Colette's gray mare. I remember this one. Yeah. She was really interesting because I think this is her second or third year coming to the clinic. Um, when she first came, Colette had gotten her back from having sold her. And when she got her back, the mare was very flighty and very anxious and not certain about coming into indoors and, difficult to bridle. She had a lot of issues. Um, and so we immediately started with Surefoot with this horse. I think this is this, I think that was 2017. I don't know if you remember Rhonda. It's hard for yeah. me. To, yeah. I think I was there 2018, but. Um, yeah, she'd already been a year okay. before. Um, and so we used the pads with her to let her know that the space was really okay. And as you can see this year, she's standing on a full physio pad and it's and you can see how she's standing more upright on this right front, this left front's a little bit out, but her sternal line is quite straight. I'll just drag that video because um, sometimes dragging it is better for people watching. But here you can see again, she turns her head and look at what happens to her weight loading on her right front. We can see a change in the engagement of her chest muscles. I'll just take that back and do it again because I want you to just focus right here on her chest when I do this. And you can see how she shifts and then starts to engage. And you can see how she raises up right here. Uh -huh. So right. she really changes. And that's what we want the horses to do when we're sitting on them is to engage the thoracic sling to lift that rib cage. And now as she moves her head in the opposite direction, the camera person is not holding terribly steady. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we can see how there's movement in that chest. And now she's got her head. Yep, there she goes from a little bit to the left, swaying to the right, and how she really loads her weight onto that right front in that moment, and then comes back a little left, 
looks a little right, closes her eyes again. Right, so she's noticing the horses around her. There's other horses around her, but we can see, and here's just another video. Now she's on the full physio in front and hard slants behind, and I'll just let it play. But just how much moving that head affects their balance. And this is where, when I'm watching a horse on surefoot, especially if I'm at the point where I can put them on four pads, one of the questions I always have when I go to four pads is, do they have to move a foot for me to get all four feet on pads? In other words, do they, can they stand square on the other three feet as I pick up each one? Or do they have to reposition a leg to catch themselves to let me pick up a leg? So in this case, say I was gonna pick up the right hind, does she have to move the left front forward to counter the balance in order to give me that leg? And then of course, what happens when they move their head? And, um, and since she's a, She's a big mare. Her head weighs probably 50 pounds, right? Yes. We, yeah, she's, you remember her. She's a really, she's a lovely horse. Yeah. So we've got yeah. some eye blinks there. And then when she alerted, and I'll just take that back. So here she's got more weight on this right front, left front a little poke forward. And here she starts to alert and watch what she does in the chest. There's a lot of movement in there, Yeah. right? And then her whole rib cage shifts left so you can see it go from right to shifting left and just watch the stirrups on the saddle yeah and easy way to see it right where she shifts left i'm, I'm looking for pictures of little horse yeah <laughs> um this is just the mayor from the side right you can see that she's actually really very quiet there uh, that's not little horse that's not little horse. I can't remember what horse that was. Let's see what we've got here. I remember that horse, but I don't remember who he is. Mm -mm. Got some nice yawns there. And here, you know, this horse is just on one pad. I vaguely remember this horse. Uh, I think she was a bit nervous when she first came in. And we use the surefoot pads. Oh, okay. So this is another topic, but I'm going to talk about this topic since I have the photos here. Um, so I, we're kind of we're kind of moving around today. I hope everybody's okay with that. Um, when I teach riding. One of the things I'm looking to do is to get the rider in the middle. And so many riders are taught to get their heels down by pushing their heel down and forward, which then moves their entire base of support forward. So what I'm demonstrating here is that when the rider's leg is underneath, and, and this rider, she's a little bit behind with her shoulders, but we're just gonna be, think about if I draw a line from her hip through her ankle, and I do not teach heel, I teach ankle because ankle is a joint and heel is an extension and it's a lever. So it acts as a lever. So when we think about the ear, that would be the joint between your ears is your atlanto-occipital joint where your skull meets your spine. Then you have your shoulder joint, your hip joint. And so it makes sense that we wanna align the ankle joint because what we're trying to do is eliminate leverage, um, levers that would work against us. 
And so what I've done here is with this rider, basically with her leg underneath her, I've drawn a line off of her thigh and you can see I've just used this broom. And if I extrapolate that line from the height of the horse, that's gonna land here somewhere about at the end of that horse's nose. And then I draw a line off the calf and it's gonna land here, you know, about at the stifle. So that triangle now becomes the rider's base of support and it's huge, right? And so the base of support is the area over which we sustain ourselves. When a base of support is really, really big, think a pyramid, it's gonna be a very stable object. If we flip a pyramid over and put it on its point on the ground, it's gonna be super unstable because the area over which the entire uh, pyramid is resting is a very small point. So in riding, the greater the base of support that we have, the more stable we are, the less we are influenced by negatively by the movement of the horse, the more we can sit quietly on our horse. So now here, what she, uh, the rider's done is she's pushed her lower leg forward, which a lot of Western saddles actually invite you to do. The way the fenders are hung is they, they're actually hung on the tree on an angle so that your foot is way forward like this. But notice what happened to her base of support. The line off the calf now is landing at the heel of the front foot and the line off the thigh has extended a little bit beyond the horse's nose. So now this whole base of support, this triangle is forward of where the rider's upper body is. What does that mean for rider balance? It means that the rider is going to have to lean forward to get her head over her base of support because you're always gonna to wanna to put your head over your foot. That's just how we function to protect our head. It's, if you've ever watched anybody, it's rare that somebody falls off the back of a horse. Um, there's something pretty catastrophic when that happens. But most often what we do is we throw our head forward to be over our foot. So if you were to ever stand up and put your feet in front of you, like holding onto the edge of a desk, you would automatically move your head forward to be over your feet. Um, and so basically when this triangle has moved forward, you're going to lean forward to get your head over your base of support. Um, and so if we think about this picture here now, the rider's leg is underneath her, her fender leather is hanging straight and her base of support is quite large and her head is over it. And this doesn't matter if you're talking about uh, jumping, racehorse riders, steeplechase, Western dressage, because it's physics. <laughs> and so gravity is not discipline specific. You know, the uh, gravity doesn't go, oh, you're a dressage rider, so I'm gonna act one way, and oh, you're a Western rider, I'm gonna act another. That, that's not how it works. We're always subject to gravity, and the greater our base of support, the more stable we are. When a jockey is riding really, really short, he's gonna have really closed angles in his hip, knee, and ankle, um, but you won't see jockeys with their heel driven down and forward as in this picture. You just won't see this because it's not stable for them. They'll just have shortened up their joints and they'll be angled right over their base of support. And with those really short stirrups, the angles, like if you draw the line off the thigh and you draw the line off the calf, that triangle over which they're sustained is enormous. But if they were to push their feet forward, again, it would move everything forward and limit how stable they are. Um, 
So if anybody has any questions. So again, this is just another picture of our Surefoot workshop. It was raining, so that horse has a slicker on. Um, I still don't see Little Horse. Um, isn't that? Oh, no, I guess it's not Little Horse. So. It's a great group shots, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's Martina. Martina, yeah. Yep. I'm not sure what horse that is. So this, this is actually an interesting picture. I do want to point this out because this could be a horse just curious, or this could be a horse about to go sideways because he's concerned. Um, when I see horses cock their head, drop an ear, cock their eye toward a pad, you always want to be paying attention to that. So I, I would think in this case, the horse is just curious and he's just going to put his nose on the pad. Um, and you can tell the difference because their ears are forward, they're not snorting. But just when you see a horse cock his head like that, you always want to uh, consider what's going on. Okay, there's Martina. Martina. And Amy. I don't have a picture of you. Oh, here's that polygon assistantation. This is what I'm talking about with the basis. Yes. I remember that. Yep. Rhonda, I don't know that I have any pictures of Little Horse, which is... There, there's Little hey, Horse. That's Little Horse. <laughs> yep, that's us. Oh, but that's all I've got. I can recognize your shirt. Yeah, I too. <laughs> <laughs> Here I'm just... Well, that triangle again and here she's got her foot pushed forward and you can see how that's really moved everything forward there's, there's a, oh that's amy but oh but that, that is, is little horse that, that is i think that's yes that's yeah amy. yep there she is yeah and actually this is a great little video even though it's super short um so i think it's yeah so yep. that must be you coming in with the jacket on it was nope. June, but it was cold because it rained. So with the large physio pad, the full physio pad, you can ask a horse to step on that one, unlike the smaller ones, because the 10 by 12, if the horse, it's so easy for the horse to hit it and for the pad to move, and then it's a moving target, and then it's really difficult and it gets frustrating. But with this larger pad, especially in footing like this, which is pretty deep, it's not gonna move so easily, even if she touches it. So you can see here, she's just walking up and she's tapped it with her toe there and it really didn't go anywhere. And that's just important information. So you can see it turned a little, but because it's such a large surface area, she's able to put her foot on it. And she just stopped herself, mm -hmm. right? And so she was, uh, we used that full physio pad with her a lot. And then she licked and chewed and she got to walk off at her own choosing. Uh -huh. Oh, look, we've got more of this. And I actually bought that uh, full physio pad from you and I'm still using it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yes, because she was nervous. Right. There she is winning. We can see that. Hope that we get. Right. That, so was the, that was the year that she was very, I had not prepared her for this clinic. That's basically what happened. And uh, she had her best friend there. And uh, it, she wasn't very, she was very naughty the first two days, so. Well, and the other thing, I think you've gotten this more under control now, but if you look at her neck, she, she's got a really quite a hard neck there. Yes. Um, and so um, 
you know, the, the more we learn about insulin resistance, the more we learn that it's really important to pay attention to that, to that neck that looks like that, because, you know, you, you look back here, it's not like you see huge fat pads, but this is the no. tell. Yes. Right um, yes. And so that, you know, that really does uh, affect them. Not, bring her around not just um, physically, but emotionally as well. Yes. So let's see if I have any more video of her. Oh, so th this is just an interesting uh picture of a lot of butts. <laughs> uh, so this horse had an injury. It was a Mustang and she had had an injury. And so we were just using body wraps to help give her more of a sense of herself because she was very uncertain about where she was in space. And so the body wraps are just ace bandages. You can see I've got one on her neck and I'm just putting one around her hindquarters and I'm going to adjust that tail there. Um, and we were just combining that with surefoot pads and again, team techniques that you can combine with Surefoot. Um, yeah, so here we've got the, the wrap going around her hindquarters now and one going over her head to help calm her. And then she's standing on several Surefoot pads. But she had, um, she was a horse that I think had more going on than what they realized when they got her um, and needed, needed quieter time to prepare her to kind of, recognize. And this is one of the things that, you know, it's sometimes we misread the horses and we think that they're okay and they're not okay because they're in some state of slushy freeze. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that was the situation with this horse. Don't quote me on it, but uh, I don't know, Rhonda, if you know this horse. I don't remember that horse. No. Okay. But, Owner. you know, she was, um, more of a freezy type. And so you could easily misread her as being calm when she really wasn't okay. And I think that those horses are a little tougher to figure out, you know, and uh -huh. um, need, need more time. And so the body wraps were just to help give her a sense of where her body was in space. And we were able to do four pads. This was not her first day. This was like her third or fourth day on Surefoot pads at this point. So we didn't combine things right away. We started out with just uh, one sure foot pad um, and then gradually added more. Um, this horse is another horse. Uh, do you remember this? I remember this one. Very, very well, yes. I yeah, his name was Chance because this was his last chance. Oh. He was a Pasifino and I don't remember the rider. Do you know the rider? I don't know her, but I do remember her at this clinic. Yep. She, she was uh, partially deaf, so yes. um, I just had to make sure that she could hear me, and we had this horrendous rainstorm. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember. <laughs> um, but this horse, uh, when, he, when he came to the clinic, one of the things that she said he would not do is stand still. Um, and so as you can see, he's standing still on four pads, and I was able to take a picture. That's how long he stood still. Um, and so uh, I know I have a little, there's another, I like that picture of him a lot because uh -huh. you can see the softness in his ears and the relaxation in his eye and the softness in his muzzle. And he's very relaxed there and standing very square. Um, and the, the rider's face is very soft and happy. Looking. Yeah, I love the, love the smile that she has, yes. the little smile. Um, because 
she was able to make great progress. This is uh, oh, Fred, isn't his name Fred? Fred, Freddy. that's Fred, yeah. Um, and he's a trooper. He's like a confidence builder for, for Tammy there. Um, that's Amy. But I know I have a little video of that. Uh, I have repeat videos because uh, because of the way I loaded. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm like reliving this clinic, isn't it? Uh, oh, and then we, here he is. Um, there's a little video of, oh, here it is. And this is this video is over two minutes long. So he obviously stood there for quite a while, um, and it gave her so much uh, hope for this horse, who had been through a lot of other people. Um, and literally, when she took him, it was his last chance. Um, but what you can see is he's very soft and relaxed there. You can see the softness in his neck. He is aware of the horses around him, um, and he's standing on hard pads but he's very uh, happy to not have to leave them is I think the best way to say it. And you can see when he moves his head, how it shifts his balance. And again, I wanna go back to that point that, you know, we, we tend to not think of horses as losing their balance as much as I have come to believe that they do. Because when he's moving that head around, if he's not able to ground and stand then he's going to have to move his legs to catch his head. And then, you know, the horse is going to get in trouble for not standing or the, if the rider then interferes with his head even more, then he's going to be reactive and then he's going to be falling and then he's going to be panicking and falling. And these horses just get fast. Um, that's what, you know, possums will just start to accelerate. What, one of the things I want to point out for this video, I don't know if you've noticed it, is how much he blinks his right eye more than his left eye. So I'll just see if I can slow it down. Then there he's blinking his right oh, eye. I've yep. never seen that before. Yep. And he did it several times, right? There he's done it again. And then his neck came down and then he's blinking his right eye again. So why does he uh, do that? I don't know, Rhonda. I wish I could answer that question. Uh, have, have, it's not uncommon to see that though. It is not you. To see one have eye. You, yeah, have you ever um, blinked with one eye? I don't think I ever have. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, people who can uh, wink. Well, I can kind of wink. Um, uh, okay, that. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, I'll just take it back again because it happened quite a lot in this video. Yeah. That you're going to see him. Yeah. So there's a left eye blink. There's both eyes. There's one. There's a there's right one. eye. Yeah. Yep. And there is research now that says that blinking is a better um, uh, determinant of relaxation than heart rate variation, heart rate, or cortisol levels measured. Because cortisol levels are hard to measure in horses without invasive. They use a lick to measure the cortisol. But eye blinks apparently are a really good indicator of relaxation. Now, I don't know what they do with one eye blinking more than the other. There it is. Yeah. And then it happens again. Let's see if I can just drag that again. Yep, there it is again. There's a little left eye blink, but the right eye closes so much more. 
That is the strangest thing I've ever seen on a horse. Yeah. We, there are some really fascinating things. Uh, what did I see the other day that was really different? It was a mare. She did something with her foot. I can't remember now. I, the problem is I, I see too many too many horses at this point. Mm -hmm. So this is this, this little Mustang. Notice the difference now in her face. We see the eye closed, the softness in the ears, right? The relaxation, uh, I don't know. Oh, I guess I just changed angle there. And then you can kind of see there, her eyes are not blinking, right? They're rather fixed. Uh -huh. Right. And so yes. here's, here's an interesting question of, we can see her swaying a little bit. We can, there's an eye blink there. We see the sway and the ear softening. So I'm just going to pull that back again, but you know, this is a nice contrast to see how here I moved. Right. And when I moved, her eyes went very fixed. And that's all the time that I'm moving to the front of her to get a different angle. And here's our first blink right there. Okay. Yeah. And then a little sway. And then some rapid blinks, little ear movements. Blinks. But it's so different with this horse, right? And there's some concern about something. And the eyes are very fixed again. Then there's a blink. Then the nostril. Did you see how that one nostril pulled yeah. up? That is also not unusual to see the single nostril draw up like that. Wow. Right. And then she's looking at something. Right. And the eyes get uh, unblinking again. And then some concern about something. I don't know if there's there's probably another horse over there that we can't see in this field. But again, the eyes are not blinking. Right. And then she comes back. And the, actually, that was really fascinating because when she comes back, look at the rapid blinking that happens here. So she's still starey. And then blink. Deeper blink, deeper blink, looks away, deep blinks. So it, it, it is something to really pay attention to, is to really watch the blinks. Um, because this horse, and I'm going to play this again from the beginning, because it, it really gives you a, a picture of the change, right? So here, because I walk around, there's a little blink there, but then she gets like a little fixed. And the thing is, you don't see a lot of other signs. You don't see necessarily her holding her breath or, you know, uh, ears changing very much, right? There's some rapid blinks there. So you see the ears soften and she gets fluttery blinks too. It's kind of, she's very different from the other horse, right? Then the concern about something and her eyes get very fixed again. Yep, a blink and a nostril lift. Mm -hmm. And then it almost like she almost looks like a warning ear there, like somebody might be getting close to me, right? Yeah. Almost a little sneery face. And then look at how she sucked up the cheek right here too. Uh -huh. Tightened her lips there. And then she comes back and then a lot of fluttering. But, you know, when you, when you look at this horse, when you're standing there, it, you could easily miss that. That's uh -huh. the beauty of uh, taking a video and then playing it back. 
Oh, this is the video I always show of this horse. So this is this is Chance, our one eye blinker, right? There's the Mustang in the background, right? And he really gets into swaying here. And so it was a, a I think it was a three-day clinic. So this would have been yes. the third day. Yep. And look how much he experiments with rotating his rib cage and then coming way back. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. That was great. Yeah. He was so interesting. Mm -hmm. right? And then that big head twitch. And it's not unusual to see these little head twitches and things. Um, but here, both eyes seem to be blinking instead of just the one like we saw before. Mm -hmm. And you know, if anybody's wondering why I do this with the rider on, I of course make sure it's safe for the rider by testing, you know, working with the horse without a rider first to make sure everything's okay. But when the rider feels all the little nuances and all the little changes that the horse makes, it changes the rider's perception of the horse. So there's so much value if you have someone who can do the pads for you, placing them underneath your horse's feet while you sit on the horse. Um, there's nothing like that experience. And, and we want to address the habits the horse has of having a rider on their back, being tacked up and having a rider on their back is different than being in the barn aisle or being in your stall and somebody coming in and giving you a massage where you're in a very relaxed situation. So, um, you know, that, that feeling of what it's like with the rider on board is really neat. Wow. All right. So does anybody have any, any questions back? Cause I can't believe it, but we've just blown through the hour right then. Uh, all you have to do is watch a few videos and you just go right through it, you know, cause there's no <laughs> interesting. They're so much fun. Uh, all right. And Rhonda, this has been great to have you and chat with you. You know, I feel like I haven't seen you in a million years and uh, yes. I'll miss everybody out there, but it sounds like you're doing great. And I'm so glad that you're enjoying the webinars. Um, I, I, uh, I know I have more guests lined up, but I know I've got to bring Robin Hood back so we can talk about the beeline. So I've put that in my notes yeah. to get into yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed them. I put them on, on my schedule and I work around my schedule, your webinars um, to get my chores done and so forth. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the work you put into it, Wendy. That's a lot of work. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um, uh, and now with, you know, people have gone back to work. It's a little harder to wrangle my guests. It was so much easier when they were all stuck at home. So. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we've, got, we've got more people lined up and uh, Rebecca Husted has been fantastic in providing us with guests, um, some really important topics on safety and, and some of the subjects that we don't necessarily always want to touch on uh, because, because they're scary, but they're really yeah. important. And um, of course, Sharon Woolsey has been one of my faves. I, I always have a great laugh talking to her. So she's always <laughs> Sharon and Laura. They're fun. They're fun. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this Friday. It's, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yes, you got a lot of webinars to go back and watch. You're going to get a chance to do that because in September into October, I'm going to be going to Kenya. And so I will not be broadcasting from Kenya. Um, I'm taking my groups on safari. And so you'll have some catch up time there. We'll, 
Um, I've got to check with my assistant, Alex, and see what we've got lined up for August, because we're nearly at August. Um, this year is flying by. Um, but we'll keep on going and bringing you great guests and lots of fun and education. So thank you so much, Rhonda, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Wendy. I really love it. Thanks. And thanks, everybody else, for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.